Welcome back to the Dauphin Way Advent devotional series. My name is Woods Lizenby, and we are doing things a bit different today than we have the rest of the week. I will still offer you our historic Wesleyan question, scripture reading, and a prayer. But in addition, we will be having conversations between the clergy about different aspects of our devotional lives, what does it mean to prepare our hearts for Advent, and how do we understand these historic Wesleyan questions? What are our favorite questions, and what kind of impact do they have on our lives? We appreciate very much all the feedback you have given about this devotional series, and we hope you enjoy this extended Friday edition. We will begin this time as we do each day with a moment of silence as we prepare to receive all that God has for us. Our historic Wesleyan questions today are, do I get to bed on time and do I get up on time? Our second question is, do I disobey God in anything? Our gospel lesson this morning will be the text we will preach on this Sunday. It comes to us from Luke chapter 2, verses 22, 25 through 35. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Let us pray together. God of hope, You raised up John the Baptizer as a herald who calls us to conversion. As we joyfully await the glorious coming of Christ, we pray to you for the needs of the church and the world. Hear our humble prayer that we may serve you in holiness and faith and give voice to your presence among us until the day of the coming of your Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Um, all right, y'all know my family loves a draft. 
we love to play that when uh, we're we're trying to think of something to talk about at the kitchen table. So I thought we'd have a, a draft. Um, it's a draft of best Wesleyan historic questions. We just read through what twenty eight of them. Uh, so let's let's everybody gets a team of four. Your four favorite Wesley historic questions and Kathy. Uh, seniority and tenure at Dolphin Way goes first. You get first pick. What here's, is, here's the one that convicts the most. Do I get to bed on time and get up on time? Do I disobey God in anything? Yeah. I mean, because I'm I'm a night owl, and it's uh -huh. hard for me to get to bed on time, which often affects the other end yeah. when you have to get up on time. But, you know, Wesleyan was, John Wesley was so practical that all of these questions, really, if you consider them and try to work on them, would make us better human beings as well as better Christians. I like that one because it uh, it's a reminder to me that sometimes spiritual practices are really, really uh, simple and really physical, and it, it reminds us that something like going to bed on time is a spiritual practice because I don't think we think of it that way. And then the uh, one that really... Oh, no, no, no. You don't get the, you don't get the <laughs> second pick in the draft? Oh, yeah, now it's Woods' okay. pick. Woods gets Woods. the pick next. I've got my four, so hopefully you won't take them. But my first one is how do I spend my spare time? I mean, let's be honest. My spare time, um, and all of us are thinking we have less and less free time, which might be true, um, but if at nighttime you're able to, or if you ever go to work the next day and talk about some Netflix show you watched last night, that's spare time. It's a little bit of spare it time. Um, I picture you in a boat though, with a paddle. See, that to me is, is something that I definitely do for renewal and refreshment. And technically, I guess you could say it's spare time. Um, but um, there's more intention behind yeah, that. That's not just like, right. oh, I happen to spend two hours on a kayak. It's right. That's I, I'm, on Fridays, I try yeah. to take time for myself and my soul because we all need a little bit of self care time. And, and I'm off on Fridays, so I do that with my intentional time. But I think a spare time, yes, when you get home in the afternoons or evening after the kids have gone to bed or. Um, or if you have a weekend where everybody's out of town and you're home, what are you doing? And so for me, I can almost always say my spare time could be better well spent. Um, but that also needs to be juxtaposed against the, you also need to take time to rest too. So spare time and rest time, I don't know, I think there's a conversation to be had there. But it's definitely one that I find convicting and uh, it's a good question to ask. Michael. I don't know why y'all choose the ones that make you feel convicted. Like my favorite questions are the ones that are like, no, I'm good. That's fine. <laughs> like I love those questions. I've got that course. one unlocked. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Just the one of the most interesting questions to me uh, is, am I defeated in any part of my life? Because I, whenever I come across that question, it's just like, uh, well, what if the answer is yes? What am I supposed to do with that? Is that a confession of sin? Like, is that a fault in me? Or is, it, is the fault or the, the thing I should be considering is not that I feel defeated, but that I haven't been surrendering that defeat to God? Because I think sometimes I'm afraid to, to put that before God. Um, uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with feeling defeated. Uh, I don't, I, but I think we sometimes then try to conquer what's defeating us on our own power as opposed to simply saying, all right, God, this is the area where I'm just hopeless. Like, I'm just not going to get this right. Uh, that's always an interesting question to me. Am I defeated in any part of my life? And I, it always seems like it stirs up something different in me. It's the time when I really give up on my own strength mm -hmm. and call on God to help me yeah. with it. You know, there are several times when I just thought, 
Lord, I cannot do this. I cannot make myself feel differently about this. Or, And when I've said, Lord, you're going to have to change my heart about it or change my thinking about this. And it's miraculous how yeah. he does it. Yeah. You know, we just have to kind of like give in. All right, Kathy, it's your second pick. We are not recharging. So what is your second pick? For my historic Wesleyan question would be, am I jealous, impure, critical, irritable, touchy, or distrustful? And I guess I'm looking at that because I'd like to check out the ones I'm not, but there's one in there that probably I could work on, and it's the critical one. I, I regretfully see so much through a critical eye. And it's not necessarily a nasty view. It's just like I look at things and think, well, if this would just be a little bit more this way, it would be better. Or if this person would do this, they would be so much kinder. Or And so I've got to work on that. I've got to work on this one. Am I critical? I just want to thank you for picking that one so I didn't feel like I had to. <laughs> Irritable, touchy, yeah, sometimes. But you went ahead and picked it, so I don't have to. I, I, yeah, I wouldn't call be, you, Michael, I would, I would say you were not distrustful. <laughs> Thanks. No, and, and <laughs> Just jealous, impure, critical, irritable, and touchy. No, you know, one said, out of six. I said you're not distrustful. <laughs> one out of six, all right. Well, in different times stuff. in our lives, we're different things. Because I think probably in younger life, we tend to be a little more jealous of what other people have, and we grow in wisdom and get out of that if we mature as people. And, what are you um, trying to say about us? I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm just saying. Ages. Mm -hmm. No, and irritable. She's again. At you. I'm over 35. So. I'm not irritable anymore because I don't have all my four children <laughs> with me. So it makes I, it I really easier hope, not to be touchy or irritable. I really hope they listen to this. Uh, well, they probably will because I'll ask them to join us in this. Good. All, all right, right. what you got? For my second pick in the... Which historic Wesleyan questions are the best or most convicting or whatever draft? I'm gonna go with the one that I feel pretty good about. Number five, am I a slave to dress? <laughs> Why could you argue that? Are we judging you on today's outfit? Yeah, I hope the video for today shows up. As I'm wearing like a flannel shirt with Jeans and boots. And it's, In your defense, it is freezing, freezing out it there. Really cool. it's but it says, am I slave to dress, friends, work, or habits? I don't like how all these questions have multiple parts, because I feel good about one part, but not <laughs> yes. the other. Because being a seven on the Enneagram, I am definitely a slave to friends, where I want to spend all my time with people, and let's hang out, and let's mm -hmm. do things. I'm with you. And I wouldn't say I'm a slave to work, but I don't feel like I ever am not working, really, because as right. a pastor, so I feel like... We're, it's even a lifestyle. We, even when we go out to eat, you're looking around like, who's here that I need to go talk to? Or who can I go, who do I need to text or call? And as far as our family goes, you know, that can be not the most healthy thing. Brianna and I, you know, have had lots of conversations about how I can be sure to be home and be present. Um, but in, this, in the, on the opposite side of that same coin, I also feel like I, because I love work, I don't feel like I'm a slave to it. Because it's not something that I feel like I have to do, it's something I love to do. And then habits, I am the least habitual person that there is. Um, there's nothing that is routine or regular or or going on every day for me. So I'm definitely not a slave to those. So this has been th this question. I feel like I'm, I'm batting about 500. Nice. And uh, you know that's my number two pick. Good. Michael. Well, then I am going to choose for my second question. Um, give me a moment. I want to get the the wording exactly right. 
Do I thank God that I am not as other people, especially as the Pharisees <laughs> who despise them? Yeah. No, 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 that is a great question, and not just because you chose the one that made you look good. What? Um, no, I, I said that I don't look good. Yeah, it's fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I think that that's another one of those questions that is both convicting and always interesting to me, because I think it is one of those that can be so subtle. There's such a ha- such a, a fine line between feeling blessed hashtag. and feeling fortunate. Yeah, exactly. Hashtag blessed. Uh, there's such a fine line sometimes between celebrating and giving thanks for good things, giving thanks to God for good things on the one hand, and on the other hand, feeling like, uh, oh, thank God that it's not like over here. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, that is one of those where I feel like there is almost no part of my life where I couldn't apply that question and have to do a little bit of deep soul searching to figure out, am I genuinely grateful for the goodness of what God is doing? Or am I just grateful by comparison to like, yeah. at least it didn't go this way. So that's one of those questions that's, uh, that's endlessly interesting and one of those that can, that can get me caught up in prayer for a long time. How often do you find yourself thinking is my situation better than the other situation could be or am I better than another person because I find in the whole idea of comparison the Pharisee part of it um, it's harder for me to differentiate from comparing myself to the other people in a, in a humbling way but in also an arrogant way yeah and yeah I do that all the time and uh, and I feel like there's really no way to win in it, right? Like if you if you compare yourself to somebody who's doing better, then you feel worse, right? You just feel like, why haven't I got that much gotten what they got? Or so, yeah. Uh, if you compare yourself to someone who, in your own mind, is worse off in whatever way, well, then you begin to find your security, your joy, your gratitude in... Being better than everyone Yeah, else. and... Um, objectifying the other. Yeah, guy. so it's uh, just that that whole act of comparison um, can be really, really dangerous, and yet I do it all the time, and sometimes it brings me comfort. I'm just not sure if it's good comfort. Uh, you know, sometimes... I bet that Pharisee, I bet he felt really comforted saying, thank you, God, that I'm not like that guy over mm-hmm. there. Uh and sometimes I've, I've walked away feeling comforted by those thoughts, but I'm not sure it's where uh, I'm supposed to be. So, yeah, that's one of those questions I don't feel like I'm ever going to be done asking right. myself. It makes me think of that Bob Hope skit. And I think it was on uh, Mad TV or SNL a long time ago. And um, he's, a, he's a therapist. And so I came to see him, and they were telling him all his problems. And he goes, that's really interesting. He goes, just, okay. so like, just stop it. Just, <laughs> just stop it. And he goes... There's what, a cure. What do you mean? I mean, like, I, 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 you, no, just stop it. Just, just stop it. And he's—that's all his, you know, therapy <laughs> advice that you can get the guy over and over. Right. Just stop it. And I think of that when I think of like comparing myself to others or, mm-hmm. or comparing my situation to how it could have been better or worse mm-hmm. or how it could have Like, I just—I need Bob Hope to show up in my life. <laughs> just, it, it, just stop it. <laughs> it was only that easy.